Having overprotective parents, is it good or bad? Welcome to our episode 11th of uh, season 2 here in uh, our Dream to Rise podcast. This is Cynthia Concordia. Are you keeping your child close, a little too close? Ruling over every single aspect of their life isn't good for them or you either. Of course, you want to protect your kids. We all do. But are you turning into an overprotective parent who actually may be hindering your child's full potential? Let us listen to Alison Lyons' story on how her life and relationships got impacted as she was not given enough room to grow and develop and to make mistakes and learn from natural consequences. But as she goes through her journey with her ups and downs, this made her discover so much wisdom and now living her dream. She's an inspiring entrepreneur, empowerment coach, and image consultant. Her vision is to empower women to become the best version of themselves by combining the unique qualities of coaching and styling helping women to work through their past patterns, beliefs, and traumas to become who they are meant to be and by creating their own individual style through the process, thus embodying the true essence of who they are. She truly believes that style is not just what you wear, but who you are. Because when you feel good on the inside, you look good on the outside and vice versa. Let's check it out. <laughs> Hello, good day to all. Welcome to our uh, our Dream to Rise podcast, and uh, we have a special guest here, who uh, she's so beautiful, <laughs> and I'm so honored to have her with me. Actually. Her background is she is currently working for a nonprofit called Grounds for Sculpture, a beautiful sculpture garden and ab- arboretum. How would how would you pronounce that? Abo- arboretum. 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 Where she helps in all aspects of event management. Events can vary from board group boardroom meetings to elaborate weddings. Wow. I, I love event management as well. It brings out her creative side and supports her global mission of helping others. She's an inspiring entrepreneur, empowerment coach, and image consultant. Her vision is to empower women to become the very best version of themselves by combining the unique qualities of coaching and styling. So helping women to work through their past patterns, beliefs, and traumas to become who they are meant to be by creating their own individual style through the process. This then embodies the true essence of who they are. And she truly believes that style is not just what you wear, but who you are. Because when you feel good on the inside, you look good on the outside and vice versa. So uh, once these women have become brand new, they emerge confidently and step out into the world to make a bigger impact on society. That's ultimately creating change, not only in their life, but in the lives of others. That's impacting others. So both events and being an entrepreneur are aligned with her soul and true purpose. 
because people are her passion. Helping others is what she does and creating a powerful image through style is her love. This brings her joy, freedom, and creativity among many other things. Uh, she, I'm assuming you're single, no? She's single yeah. and loves children. She's blessed to have two amazing godsons, Sander, who is four, and James, who is 16 years of age. She loves art, whether it be going to a concert or visiting a Broadway for a show. She also enjoys reading, especially self-development books. Others include travel, the beach, cooking, spending time with family and friends, shopping, and dancing in her kitchen. I, I like that, dancing in her kitchen. <laughs> Fine. So, without, without further ado, let's all welcome Alison Lines. Hello, Alison. Welcome, welcome. Hi, Cynthia. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who's tuning in. It's such an honor to be on the podcast with you today. Oh, it's a pleasure. And it's also an honor to have you here. And yeah, uh, but b before we start, we, both of us are um also we also have a project together, and that is our Dream to Rise anthology book. That's why I I am so happy that Allison will be joining me in this endeavor, and we will be spreading the same the message that we want to to spread around because that's our purpose. That's our mission. Uh -huh. Okay, Alison, again, thank you. Huh? Thank you for being here. Thank so you, let Cynthia. us start. Let us start. Because uh, as what I've, um, I've heard your story, but I know your story will be uh, impactful to those who are listening. So is it okay if you could tell us something about yourself that brought you to where you are right now? Yes, absolutely. So I kind of grew up in this idyllic childhood where I had the most amazing parents in the world, loving, supportive. And, you know, they were just, they were incredible. And I grew up in this beautiful little small town. Everybody knew everybody and it was amazing. And you probably think to yourself, well, then what could have gone wrong, right? Mm -hmm. But the reality is a lot of things went wrong. <laughs> My <laughs> parents were amazing and supportive, but I always felt that I needed their approval and I needed outsiders approval. And they had given me so much love and support throughout time. But at the same time, it came at a cost. It came at the cost of me really just agreeing to everything that they said. So essentially, I didn't really know who I was truly. And I had all these other things that I was interested in. I loved acting. I loved singing and dancing. And I did that all throughout my time. But basically, what happened was I was always trying to make my parents happy over anything else. Uh, there was like this guilt and shame if I said no to them, mm -hmm. if I made a wrong decision. My mom used to do things where she wouldn't realize that she was being judgmental at times. Mm -hmm. And she would just be like, are you really going to wear that outfit? Like, mm, you know, not such a good idea kind of thing. Or 
we had like an oil and water relationship that exists until this day where we just get under each other's skin. And it's just like, I don't know what it is, but we always find something to argue about. And maybe that's just a mother and daughter thing. But what happened was that made my like self-esteem, my self-confidence, all those things. Like I didn't feel I could be me. Like I could authentically be me because I was always searching for my parents' approval and their validation. And so what happened was throughout life, I sought out that validation from others, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it be teachers whether it be um, boyfriends, Mm -hmm. uh, church groups, influencers, anybody, everybody, we get taught at such a young age that we just kind of take on what other people, you know, expect us to. So we're just like, okay, well, my teacher did that. So that has to be the right answer. Mm -hmm. When really, there's so much more And when we think about things and we take a step back, then we realize, wait a second, (laughs) maybe that was not the best decision. (laughs) Yes, yes. So how how did you feel during that time? Uh, I mean, how did it impact your, I know it impacted your relationship. How did it impact your health, your performance and so on? Oh, so I didn't really get into acting because of the confidence, even though oh, I acting is your passion. Acting. acting is one of my <laughs> passions. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I didn't get into acting until like I was in middle school and then I still couldn't like really get out of that shyness. I was really shy. Like you would never know it today, but I was so shy and I was very popular, but because I was shy, it was hard for me to take that, that movement and be like, okay, I'm just going to go act. Why did you feel that you won't be able to make it? I mean, you can't act or you don't feel confident that you'll be able to portray. It was the confidence. Ah, the confidence. I just didn't feel that I had what it would take to be that, that Broadway star. Like Uh I just, I wanted to do it so bad. It was such a passion. And then I would like freeze up. And be like, oh, no, I can't memorize those lines. Like, I can't be in front of all these people. And then it was like in middle school, like towards the end, they did like this production where it was kind of like an open mic night talent show. Mm -hmm. And I finally practiced a song that I had done in chorus because I was part of the chorus. Uh And I just decided, like, that's the thing. I just decided at that moment in time, I was going to shine and I was going to get away from this lack of self-confidence and I was going to stand on the stage and I was going to sing my little heart out. And that's exactly what I did. And everybody was so blown away by the fact that I did it. Yes. And how did you feel? How did you feel? I felt amazing. I was in this beautiful velvet purple dress because purple is my favorite color Uh and um, it had like sparkles and it was just so amazing to be up there and singing and just not having a care in the world, just being like, 
this is me. Like, I love the arts. Like, oh. my confidence is here. This is where my confidence is. And that built. I, excuse me. I hope your parents were there to witness. Um. I, yes, they were. Yeah. <laughs> how did how how did they take it? I mean, I'm sure they were proud to see you, and they I were shocked, they were. surprised. Yes, absolutely. That's the thing. My parents are amazing. They've always been supportive. They've always been proud. I just think that when they were growing up, they were indoctrined into a certain way of thinking, and because of that, they passed it on to me, yeah. and then I had it in my head the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so, but it was amazing. Like, oh, good. <laughs> good. I'm glad. I'm glad. And I'm so happy because it's hard to, it, 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 it's hard to, to just imagine the, the, the society, the community, the family, which really brought you to that situation. And you want to really pursue your passion. Yes. And because of that, low self-esteem and self-confidence that stops you from uh from moving forward to manifest your dream mm -hmm. and, absolutely uh -huh. but were you i just uh, no, I, I would just like to ask were you did you get that opportunity to communicate this with your parents um yes like i've had different times when i've been able to speak with my parents about different opportunities different things but they have always had this, this mindset of, okay, she can do whatever she wants. Like, you know, we know that she's capable of so many things. She's very talented, but I think even they were a little shocked when I told them that I was going to be on a talent show and that they were invited. No, I mean, I mean, in terms of you, your relationship that oh. made you feel that, oh, I cannot do it. Oh, it yes. lowered your self-esteem, your self-confidence. I don't know if, where was there a point in time where in, mommy, I have a chat with you because <laughs> I don't feel that I'm growing as an individual. So I think I was afraid of that chat, to be Are entirely you? honest. Um, I was really scared of the reaction that they would have because whenever I've tried to speak to my mother to this day, she assumes that she's a bad mother. Like that's where it goes to. As soon as I say something like, hey mom, like remember when this happened, this was what happened and this is how we approached it. And I love you dearly, but it would have been better if we would have talked about it this way. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's nice. And then she's like, okay, Allison, but like, it makes me feel like nothing I do is right. Exactly. The same with my mom. <laughs> I'm like, wait, but I'm just like telling you uh -huh. that we could have both of us, not just one of us, both of us could have done this differently and it would have had a better result. Yeah. Resolution. Uh -huh. <laughs> to the yes. yes. <laughs> there there was a time when um I had I've been uh, keeping it to myself for how many years since childhood and then it went to a point when I got married she was still controlling and she was still she thinks that I'm still uh, dependent on her and I know I'm, I'm dependent but then 
um, she wanted us to always get her approval for any decision mm -hmm. that I make. So there was a point that, mom, I wrote a letter because I am I'm scared of what would the result or his her feelings would be. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a letter and then she didn't talk to me after three days. And oh. then she thought that I was mad at her. And I told her, mom, no, I even mentioned that I love you so much and I truly appreciate. Probably it's because of the third generation. It is. It's so generational, I'm finding. Because mm -hmm. like they there are these different ideas. Like she didn't really have a mom growing up. So she is very attached to me. Yes, same. Mm -hmm. and, and like as an only child, there's no one else. Like I am her baby. I'm her only girl. I'm her whole, whole world. How so, old is your mom? How old is your mom? She's actually 70 years old. A 70 years old my mom is 86 yeah. so who lives with her um my father ah so both of them still live together yeah they've been married for 50 years wow wow <laughs> oh God. imagine that's a blessing yes yes <laughs> that's good that at least she has someone with with her my mom is all by herself and it's my sister taking Aww. care of her so it's always this um self-pity and thing yes uh-huh yes so i think it's the the baby boomers but mm -hmm. I, i'm included in the baby boomers. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i've learned my lesson also with my children because yeah. i was raised like that and i didn't know that I was doing the same thing with my children. And I yeah. just discovered my, my children were distancing themselves from me. When after my husband passed away, uh, they would just go to their classmates or friends to share their problems instead of approaching me. So yeah. when I when I observed that, I tried to do some self-reflection and then see what was going on. And then, and then I asked them, and that was the time when we had an open session. Mm -hmm. We were able. I, I had to make an adjustment because, especially that our culture is different from the culture here. When we, mm -hmm. when I moved my family here, the Philippines, it's different, really different. But they told me, "Mom, you sent us here, so." I think it's about time that we also need to adapt to, yeah. but I still um, put my my rules, my uh, my regulation, my what I want them. But okay, I'm giving them more freedom to mm -hmm. how to achieve those uh, their goals. Yes, it's hard. It's hard becoming a parent. <laughs> See, I never had that experience. And I guess that's been that's been hard too, because I'm surrounded by people who have children and are in this happy marriage, or at least it seems happy. It seems uh -huh. happy. Uh -huh. yeah. uh -huh. <laughs> As we know, appearances can be deceiving and you can't exactly. believe everything you see on social media. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's been a rough go for me with that because I crave that unconditional love that having a child and a husband and 
all those things, but it was never in the cards for me. Instead, I had about two, two decades, I would say, of suffering when it came to toxic men and toxic oh. relationships. Okay. Why? And it was that the reason why you're still single? You're, are you scared of uh, interacting with guys? So I find whenever I interact with guys and when I give them myself, um, that they have, they almost fear what I have to offer, essentially. And it's an interesting thing because I've had a lot of people tell me they're like, you're intimidating. I'm like, what? I'm like, why am I intimidating? I'm like the sweetest person on the planet. I will do anything for you. Like, all you got to do is talk to me. <laughs> like, uh -huh. what are we talking about? And I guess because of being confident when I go out and the way I present myself, men are intimidated to walk up to me, which is crazy. I just don't understand. So I get in these relationships or at least dating scenarios, I guess you would say, and it's they become something completely different than what they said they were. Or they don't actually want a relationship. So uh -huh. when it comes close to us getting even closer, they pull back away. Uh, I, I thought you were the one. I thought you were the one putting your walls up. I do, but not like an extreme amount. Like I've come down a little bit, but I do like when I start to get really close to someone, those walls, because my thoughts start to come in and I'm like, Ooh, he might be doing something similar to, you know, X, Y, Z from the past. And then I start doing that whole like self-worth thing where I'm just like, Ooh, like why does he want to be with me like why does he you know want to be there and then I like am waiting for uh -huh. like the shoe to drop and, <laughs> and that's so bad because we as women like we have our phones we have our computers and we're constantly like oh my god he didn't text me yes and honestly it might be that the man is busy like literally busy, but we, in our minds, think to ourselves based on past patterns, beliefs, traumas that we have, we're like, oh, nope, he's, he's doing it. Like he's totally done with me. It's only been a day, but he's done with me because he is not responding. <laughs> That's how we create our own stories, the meaning, no? Yes. In whatever oh. situation we are in. It's so, true. So how 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 does it feel? Uh, are you the one withdrawing, or the the guys are the one withdrawing? So after that, how do you feel? So like the guys are the ones that are withdrawing, and like sometimes I have no reason, rhyme or reason, from them as to why they're withdrawing. Like some guys just ghost out of like mm -hmm. nowhere. Uh -huh. Then there are other men who like you think are almost perfect for you and you put a lot of time and energy into the relationship. You finally bring your walls down mm -hmm. and you let love in and then something external.
from the outside world upsets their life and upsets our relationship. Oh, but and it's been hard because I, I recently had that happen. I got very, very close. I let my walls down. He let his walls down and we were getting so, so close that love was in the, was blooming basically. And then out of nowhere, his job got really, really challenging and he had like no time. And because he's a very proud man, he was essentially like, I, I, I can't see you unless I have X, Y, Z in order. So it's been kind of, it's been difficult for me not to think, did I say something? Did I do something? Is there someone else when I know there's not, and I know I didn't, but it's something he has to work through. And he just, he's doing it the way he wants to do it. I've offered help. I've offered, you know, just to be the good friend. But he just, he's doing his own thing. So I've had to just kind of learn how to back off and realize that it's its not me. It's yes. just, he needs to work on himself too. I'm glad that you're thinking about that, that it's not you. Exactly. Because if if it's you again that um, you think that you're the problem, then you're stopping again yourself from moving forward. But yeah. I hope that won't stop you from dating other men. No, actually, <laughs> someone from my past that we oh. have always wanted to get together, but mm -hmm. it was never in the cards. Uh-huh. It appears that timing might be right. See, I always <laughs> believe that there's always a reason behind everything. <laughs> and uh, he he's a director of sales for a major pharmaceutical. Mm -hmm. And he's just a really great guy. And we always had a really great communication, phone-wise, texting, all those things, email, like every day for months and months and months. And we would come back to each other like every couple years. We would do like a check-in. Why? Where and does he live? Where does he live? He lives in Philadelphia. And you live in again in? I live right outside of Philadelphia. Oh, but I'm I'm sure you were able to see each other. Basically. No, at that point in time, we were not ready. Like I was in a different place. I was still at living at my parents. Uh -huh. and he was still getting over someone so it just wasn't the right time and in my mind I've learned timing is everything so I, I don't know it's like a new open door that I did not expect uh -huh. to happen and it just happened yesterday uh, yesterday <laughs> That's why that's why it's not yet that time to see each other exactly. only yesterday <laughs> But we have already talked on the phone again. We uh -huh. text all the time and we are setting up an official first date when he gets back from his travels in Cleveland. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> so now I could see that uh, this is manifesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One yes. of your dreams. Yes. What, is, what is now your main dream that you would like to 
um, to manifest? Ooh, that is such a loaded question because I have so many things that I'm manifesting currently. Oh. A man was one of them, you know, <laughs> but not just a man, one who was at my level. So that's one. Um, I am looking to finish all of my stuff that I have going on, like with my website, my logo, everything. I want everything up and running within. Uh, This is for your online coaching. Yes. Yep. For my online coaching. I really want to see success in that business. I want to see it grow. I want to do it to the point of having like 10 clients and like $10,000 every month. That's what I'm looking for. And I would love to live in New York City and work in New York City. So that is something that's also out there. But ultimately, if the right person comes along, I would love to have a child and have that desire come to life that has been a desire for so long you're still young yes I am I'm 42 ah 42 yeah well if you'd want a child um it mean um there's all in our in our female physiological there's all there's a timeline (laughs) the clock let me tell you has been ticking (laughs) so <laughs> oh my! So in terms, I I like all your dreams. I like the dream, and so you're you're seeing yourself married with a child, yep. with this guy, and then work in New York City, focusing on your yep. coaching. Yes, my yeah, or your event styling, uh, your styling and event, and then. Uh, yep. So, based from what you have gone through, what have you manifested now that now that you are a successful event management uh, planner. Mm-hmm. How would you call that event? Uh... Like an event management, I guess, position. Like uh-huh. um, I do, I'm a senior events person there. So I help out and then sometimes take lead on different different things. Uh-huh. That's so much fun. When I did. It is. Oh, it's a planning, blast. Yes. And you, it's, it's, when you see the, your clients, your customers are happy. Their smile is from ear to ear. That's already a fulfillment for you, right? It is. It's so rewarding that we get mm-hmm. to we get to create these beautiful spaces for them during their special days, and just to see them light up on the day is so rewarding. It's so yes, nice. Yes, yes. <laughs> and how long have you been in this uh, work? events almost a year a year okay mm-hmm. oh, that's good that's <laughs> good me i i do events also at my job before i retired oh okay at awesome. the world bank at the world bank so it's like big events also so it it's it's stressful mm-hmm. very laborious also it requires a lot of physical uh work it does uh-huh. and <laughs> and also some, there are times that I would wake up in mid uh, midnight yeah. I, that's why if I have an event I have a piece of paper because whenever I wake up in uh, middle of the night and an idea would come up or pop up I would just write it down or else I'll I'll forget 
Yes, <laughs> yes, that's true too. Because <laughs> you're so stressed, no? But then as, yes. even though you're, 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 you're experiencing this, but if you're happy with what you're doing, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. It's yeah. really all about doing what you love, yeah. finding your purpose and just really focusing on that, focusing on what you truly desire. I used to say what you want, what you need, but I think it's more a desire. When yeah. we look at dreams, it's more like the desire that you have. Or you, what you love. Yes, what or you what love. you love. Exactly. So when did you start your coaching business? So actually that's been in the works for two years since I received my MBA, uh -huh. but um, I just recently started it like a couple months ago uh -huh. and it's been, it's been an incredible experience. I, I was so, we have this fear of failure, fear of success, instead of just simply going out and doing the thing that you love, mm -hmm. we put it off to the side and we're like, oh no, like we're not, that that's not going to work for us. Like that's way too much. And then I was just doing this online coaching thing with a couple other girls and it just kind of, it was a free class and it sparked something inside of me. And I was just like, no, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to do this all the way. And then that's what I did. I had actually put something out before I did this course. I had put something out, wasn't getting a response. And I was just trying to figure out why, because I felt like it was the perfect time to do it. Mm -hmm. And then a week later, I put out something that's almost very similar to that, but it was worded a little bit differently. It was a little bit more clear. And it was like, I had 10 girls come out of nowhere, be like, I want to do this. Can I do this? Great. And I was- In terms of communication or the wording only made yeah, a difference. That was, that was pretty much it. And also the biggest thing was the night before I put it out, I simply said to the universe, let this message resonate to those that it's meant to resonate with. And please bring me, and I would say like three girls, or then I would say two girls. And then every night I would say like, please put like five likes on my page, have five more views on my page. And then I would thank the universe at night for everything that I had received that day. And that's what I continue to do to this day. I do gratitude in the morning. Good. And then, and ask for certain things from the universe and then watch it manifest throughout the day. And then I say, thank you at night and do gratitude at night. Yes. Yes. So how were you able to overcome that fear? Ooh. Um, honestly, it's the first time that I just said to myself, you're amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, you're meant to do this. And there's a reason why you don't have a full-time job right now. Like there is an absolute reason. Every time I would try to get a full-time position, something would block me from getting it either on my end or on their end. Something wasn't connecting. And my part-time job was amazing because I love events. So that was just there. 
and it was fueling my creativity and everything just kept building and building until finally I was like, I'm just going to do it. Like, I'm just going to take that risk. Like I am worth it. I am worthy of all of the abundance and joy and happiness and love to come into my life. And I am so done with living my life the way I've been living it. Yes. Because you've lived like you've lived in fear because your parents would always stop you from doing what you want. Yeah. And that creates so much uh, fear or limiting beliefs that, hey, I cannot do this because uh, I'm not worth it and so on. But I'm glad that you were able to to do that and then really face face your fear and have a mind a growth mindset that's the yes. most important thing it is so, uh, for the next for the next 12 months what would be what's your plan so next 12 <laughs> months you know that's that was kind of similar like the other question when i was thinking about it um <laughs> so really i would like to make a major move and I don't know if it's going to be to New York, if it's going to be to New Jersey. Oh, move I, to a new, a new place? Yes. But I've uh-huh. always felt like I belong somewhere else. And I keep seeing myself in New York City. Like, I just keep seeing it. I keep seeing visions of it. I've had coaches who say, if you don't go there, I'm going to drive you there myself because <laughs> They just, they know that that's where I feel I belong. I just, there's something about the energy, the vibe and the style. I mean, the style's all around New York Fashion Week, you know, Vogue is there, Condé Nast, like it's all there. And being able to do online coaching and styling just makes that opportunity so much easier. That's great. And your your mom knows about this already. Does she know? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, they would have a heart attack. They would absolutely have a heart attack. Um, they have this mindset where they believe that I'm going to get a job in their small town and I'm going to come back and I'm going to live and marry in that town. And that is how, and and it's only supposed to be X amount of distance to the job or the man. And those are the parameters that I grew up with. And then we get into like the whole other side of like politics, religion, you throw it all together. And I have a list about this long of how I'm supposed to actually live my life, basically, in accordance to the parents And so if I told them, Cynthia, that I was moving to New York City, they would be like, well, we're not visiting you ever because that is their mindset. They do not travel to cities. They don't like it. They like their quiet existence. And so I would have to always come to them, but they would just be like, why why would you go to New York City? I mean, we don't like where you live right now. But why would you go to New York City? And then it would be how much it costs. And then it would be, how are you going to travel back and forth? And there would be so many questions. So when I do it, I'm literally just going to have to pick up 
and make the decision and do it and then call them and be like, so guys, I did a thing. <laughs> I, do, do you live far from, from your parents? I live an hour and for oh, them, wow. that is too far. Uh, <laughs> it is too far for them. They can't handle it. Because you're their baby. <laughs> yes, I'm their baby. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So I'm assuming, because I was about to ask you, what is the, the, what would be the major roadblock? Well, besides your parents, what do you think um, would be your major roadblock on uh, moving to New York City? It would be finances. Finance. So it would be really bringing in the, as we know, abundance is really just money, is really just energy, because it comes and it goes. Uh -huh. But you know, in my mind too, I was also brought up in the world of you do need money to pay bills. <laughs> you do need a certain amount to live somewhere. Uh -huh. And as much as I can manifest all these things, you do need a certain level of income to be uh -huh. able to exist in New York City. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> how are you going to do about it? Um, I'm going to be really focused on my coaching business. Okay. Growing clients, you know, bringing in, um, who knows, maybe I'll have a podcast. I'm looking at doing a podcast for myself, uh, anything. And I feel like with the book too, that will also bring in more. That'll be more of a draw. Yes. Um, so that is, that is what I'm doing with that. Great, great. <laughs> At least you're now, uh, these are already within within this 12-month period. Because yes. our anthology book, the Dream to Rise anthology book will be released December 5. So, right. and then focusing on your coaching, mm -hmm. then that would be great. Since you have, uh, I know the events are like uh, by season. It's seasonal, right? Yes, it's seasonal. Uh-huh. So you have time to really focus on your, uh-huh. That's good. Yeah. Um, it's really crazy right now. I actually worked this morning and um it's very crazy right now during this time, like from May to like June, maybe beginning of July, and then it cools off until about August. And then August, September, October, November, we start hitting a lot of weddings because everybody loves the fall with the beautiful oh, yeah. leaves. Yes, yes. So, My yeah, got married during fall also last year. They preferred fall. <laughs> it's beautiful. That's when my parents got married and it oh. rained on their wedding too. And they were, you know, clearly they're as happy as can be. I don't understand their dynamics at all. Wouldn't work for me, but hey, that is... That's that's a totally different thing. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's nice. So, so your finances again, yes. it's about our thoughts again. Yes, we lack money and so on. So, it's really how to change our way of yes. thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. and you have all the resources. You mm -hmm. have the events to save up. Yes. And then uh, that's good that you still have the events as part of your uh, income generating. Uh, yes. And just today, uh -huh. one of my girlfriends uh, offered me a part-time 
position as well doing, you know, it's not a very high pay, but it's, I can do it at home, which means I can do that. I can do events and I can do the business. So it's kind of optimal right now because I'm really focused and driven by the business right now. Like I'm very, very, that is so important to me right now. I just want to help as many lovely women as I can in this world. See, that's manifestation. Manifestation is starting to come up. Yes. It's not it really uh, people giving you money per se, but then opportunities. Yes. And, and uh, you going out of your comfort zone, really focusing on your, your coaching business. Yes. Because you want to move to New York City. Mm -hmm. I hope your parents won't listen to this. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> No, they, they don't, they don't know that, like, they don't know all about this because to them, they would just be like, oh, she's having fun. That's what she's doing. <laughs> no, I was thinking about this podcast. If, if, if it's going to be released, I don't know <laughs> what, when they listen to this podcast. <laughs> well, no, but my aunts might see it, but you know what? It doesn't matter. Cause my parents, like my aunts know my parents, they're just like, uh-huh. Okay. So they'd just be listening to it. Yup. That's exactly how that went down. <laughs> it's a good thing that the, the because I, when I was um, having, having my self-reflection towards raising my children, I needed something to really, because I am only focused on, it's like looking at the binoculars. Yeah. You focus on what you want. Yeah. Not realizing what's happening beside you and yes. when I had a talk with my children I have to open up my yeah. my uh, my vision in the left and the right and not only the front mm -hmm. and this will be an opportunity probably an opportunity to have a, a better relationship and better understanding from your parents to you on how to raise you yeah they, they it's already we are 40 <laughs> i know <laughs> i'm like be more understanding <laughs> with, with what you want to do in life yes so yes. they have always supported my dreams yes but in their mind it was always allison goes to college she gets an amazing job she marries the perfect guy and she lives in this beautiful home close to us with two little grandbabies running around. <laughs> well, probably tell them, oh, you you sent me to this school with a lot of uh, really dreams to 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 re make it a reality. So I just want to really pursue what those dreams are and yeah. it was you who pushed me to go to that school <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> and that's the thing like they've always pushed me but oh. at the same time they've always wanted what they wanted yes. <laughs> so I understand I you know really understand <laughs> so before we end would you like to give us a piece of advice I think this is more on a piece of advice in terms of how what lessons you've learned in life, which you could share that your insights. Hmm. Okay. So I have many, 
Uh-huh. But one of the ones that really has come through oh. is following your intuition, your inner knowing, because I will tell you just really briefly a story that happened because I did not follow it. It was one that could have ended my life. So I met a man, mm-hmm. uh, my, my intuition initially said, no, like, do not, do not get involved with him. But I am empathetic. I'm an empath. So when he told me that he had lost his best friend and he was coming home from a funeral and all he wanted to do was hang out with me like the next day, I said, okay. That was probably one of the most, probably one of the worst decisions I've ever made in my life because what transpired from there was essentially a life of hell. I lived in hell with a man who really, really harmed my self-esteem after I had built it up for a very long time. My confidence, he controlled everything I did and he was not nice. And I found out later he had serious mental health issues He had been in and out of hospitalizations. He never took his medication and he would lock me in the apartment. He would take away my car keys. Oh my. And at one point in time when he was at home with me, we actually got to the point where I had locked myself in the bathroom And this was after we had gotten married on a beautiful island. We were in Hawaii. He had taken me to Hawaii. We got married on an island. It seemed like things were better for us. And when we got back, everything just went downhill so quickly. And this was my second marriage. And he presented himself as a fairy tale. He would take me to all these amazing events, VIP. I met Alicia Keys. I went to Cirque du Soleil, did all these awesome, awesome things. And then it would be like, I never knew if he was going to be a good person that day or if he was going to be a mean person that day. And when he was mean, it was really really horrible, um, to say the least. And so one day we were actually, I was in the apartment and we had gotten into something. I locked myself in the room. I called his mom. I called my parents. I was so scared. I didn't know what to do. He was walking around with a butcher knife. Oh my! He had cut his arm and was dripping blood all over the floor, telling me that if I loved him, I would never talk to my best friend again. And I would promise this. And if I didn't, then I didn't love him. And that he was just simply going to make it easy for both of us and and end my life. 
And I, I still get, there was, there was so much more to that, but had I listened to my intuition, I, I would have been in a much better place. My life would have been very different. And I would, you know, I would still have a job from a long time ago because he took away my job. Um, it was literally, it, it was, it was so horrible. I, <laughs> every time I think about it, I just want to cry because I just realized at that moment in time in my life that something really needed to change. And that if I didn't do something, I was going to die. This is your story, my dear. That is my story. That is your story. Yeah. And it, he was, he was also in, he dabbled in Wiccan. And although that can be a beautiful art, it can also be a dangerous one. And he messed with the dangerous side. And at one point in time, I had even come home to him having cut his entire body. Um, at which time he also then, his eyes turned black. Oh and he strangled me. Oh that was another moment in time. So yes, this, although everything else that has happened in my life with my parents and they may be the beginning of it, it really was him who made me realize in big flashing lights that you need to save yourself. God has given you a chance. You need to take it. When did you leave the place? I left um, that same day when he was walking around with the knife. I had the cops and his mom and they kept telling me, they're like, do not look back. He's behind you, but do not look back. You need to walk down the stairs and you need to get to the door and you need to get out and we will have a cop car waiting and we will put you in the cop car. And they did not only have a cop car waiting, they had an ambulance there, everything else, but they literally, they threw me. This is how scared they were. They threw me in the cop car, put my head down and was like, you need to not move because we need to take care of this situation now. And some people might say that was like manhandling. But at that point in time, they were so worried about what would happen if he left that building that they, their concern was just having me safely in a vehicle. So he, saw you, so he saw you being taken by the cops. Yep. And, and he was he, scared also. He was scared. So he didn't follow you because he I didn't follow me, but he was swearing and everything else. And that's why the ambulance was there. Cause obviously they were going to take him away, but like he wasn't coming out of the apartment. Once I was out, he was just there and cursing and saying all kinds of things. He cursed my parents. He just, it was like, I never 
thought yeah. a person could do the things that he did and like that people like that existed in this world yes there are there are but they're evil you know my story yes mm -hmm. but i'm glad that you made the decision and that's a good that's now now i'm trying to sort things out that's why your your walls are high in terms of uh dealing with guys because you're scared of what happened and i'm also like that because i don't want to experience that pain that trauma again no it never again never again never again that is wow. my true story no. it was at the last part when you shared the true story <laughs> <laughs> I know because when I talked with, because I, I believe in therapists, I believe in coaches, I believe in all of that um, because the mind is a very powerful thing. And when I talked with my therapist, she's like, you do realize the reason that all these men were kind of left into your life is because of what originally started with your parents, with the control with this self-confidence because I would have never let that man in now. Yes. That's that's what uh happened to me. I was I was taught to be submissive. Wives should follow their husbands and and uh, even the religion. That's 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 why I kept my marriage for 23 years. How long have you been married? So I was married twice and they were both very short, but I had been with the the first man for like eight years altogether. By the time we were divorced and everything was taken care of, the other one was literally a year. Uh -huh. I, uh -huh. But what made you, what have you become after those relationships? More confident now, right? Yes. But and I know- I know what to look for. Yes. I have a list of what I will not tolerate. Like what is a definite no? What is a maybe? And what is a for sure? Yes. Yeah. I'm so happy. I'm so happy yeah. what you have become. And your story for the Dream to Rise anthology book. This is what you need to share. Yes. Yes. I love um, it. I, I guess I feel I have many stories that kind of made up who I was. Yes. And because, you know, because of the beginning, I just felt like it was important to share how it started with my yes. parents and then moved along. Yes. But you're right, this is my story. Yes. Well, how would, before we end, how would they connect with you in terms of if they need to connect with you as a coach, how would they connect with you? Oh, yes. So absolutely. I have um, Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Instagram is at style love dreams at style love. Yep. Love dreams. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's it's all one word. Uh -huh. And then on Facebook, it's just Allison lines. It's just my name. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Allison, for sharing Thank your story. You. And I look forward to working with you. Well, Me too. It yeah, was such a pleasure. Same here. It's an honor to have you, my dear. Thank okay. You. Thank you.
So to the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And again, thank you, Alison, for being my guest for today. Thank, thank you. you, Cynthia. It was an honor. Okay, thank you.